In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Happy April Fool's Day. So, it's very good to be back. I, I really did miss all of you um, so much. You've been on my mind and my heart and in my prayers for the last 40 days. Um, but before jumping to the next topic, there are just a few things that I needed to express because I hadn't had a chance to. Um, and I'll do my best not to make it sound like an award speech by any means. Um, but, so, but forgive me if I do. First, I just want to thank Abinab Shoy, Abuna David, Abuna Daniel and Arshi Zakaria for opening their hearts to me. Uh, and the family. Um, I can express how blessed I am to feel to be serving with all of you and to uh, be learning from you. Um, accepting this call from God was not an easy decision at all. But what made it a little bit easier was the fact that it was here at Athanasius with fathers that we love and respect um, and trust so much. And we, Cindy and I really thank God for you, uh, your reverences every single day. Um, secondly, I want to thank our family and our friends, especially Abuna Joseph, Abuna Isaac, and um, Dr. Ahab. Um, you all have been praying with us from the very, very start, and uh, it's uh, hi. Um, and it's been a great blessing to have you in our life alongside of us on this journey. Um, thirdly, I just want to thank my daughter Savannah, my son Josiah, and my beautiful wife Cindy. Um, who's my personal superhero for doing what she did the last 40 days. Um, I know these last 40 days were not easy, and I know what's to come is not easy either. Um, but I know God's grace will, will suffice. <laughs> I forgot chains are done. Um, <laughs> it's often forgot about, but the priest's wife is just as big of a part of the service as the priest himself is. So. Um, thank you to Tassoni Mary, to, thank you to Tassoni Irini, and Tassoni Jackie, and Tassoni Maggie. Um, you guys are to Cindy what the fathers are to me, and I'm glad that she has you as a role model and example, and to lean on somebody to lean on um, during what's to come. Um, last and certainly not least, I want to thank all the congregation at St. Athanasius. Uh, you've welcomed me and the family um, with a lot of joy uh, and a lot of love, and we thank you all so much. Um, it's been extremely humbling for us to be here uh, among you all. And we're praying that God gives us the grace to serve you with the same amount of love that you've, uh, you've re re received this way. Alright, so now that that part is over, uh, we can get into the, tonight's topic, and I promise I won't take too long. So, as you can tell, I did survive the 40 days, barely. Uh, but the period is often referred to as the honeymoon of the priest. And by God's grace, I could confirm that statement. Uh, obviously, during the 40 days, you've come across, you come across many things. You have a lot of different personal uh, conversations with the priests that come visit with youth um, that are there, people that are just passing by the, the monastery. And I don't think it'll be, it'll be sufficient to talk about everything um, uh, that I learned there. Um, but I thought to share probably the most important thing that I learned during my time there, and that's the importance of having a life of prayer. Okay? Um, I had the blessing of talking with a lot of different priests, some who have served for as little as one year, some who have served for as long as 50 years. Okay? Um, and by far, the most consistent advice that I got from all of them was to maintain and prioritize prayer before anything else. Right? Um, I thought they might say the service, meetings, visitations, and all, and all that. And that's, those are really, really important. But by far, what comes to number one is the life of prayer. 
Um, and that's not advice for just because I'm a priest. That's an advice for, for all of us. For all of us. Um, and if we think about the disciples, the one thing that they asked Christ to teach them was how to pray. Right? They, didn't teach him, they didn't ask him to teach him how to serve, how to cast out demons, how to perform miracles, and so on. No. They asked him how to pray because they saw the importance of prayer in the life of Christ. He modeled it out for them. So tonight, by God's grace, I just want to talk about prayer for a few minutes. Let's start off defining what prayer is not. Okay, what prayer is not. Prayer is not a box that I check off at the end of the day just to say, hey, I prayed. Okay? Um, prayer is not me standing in front of God and making a list of demands of what I want. Prayer is not a lifeless activity that I do on a daily basis. And prayer is not, are not just words that I just say with no real meaning behind them. But what prayer is, prayer is a call from God and a response from me. Prayer is God working in my heart and my heart's response to that work. Prayer is a ladder that makes me reach God. Prayer is what brings me in the presence of God Himself. Prayer is what links me to God. And prayer is an ongoing and a living relationship with God on a daily basis. Prayer is me standing in front of God as His child and calling Him my Father. It's a very personal and an intimate relationship. And prayer is more, more than just words that I say, right? But it's the actual opening of my heart to God. Without opening my heart to Him, then I'm not really praying. I'm not really praying. That's why God says, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Okay? Because God is not looking for words. He's looking for my heart. He's looking to come and dine with me inside my heart. He's looking for a living relationship with me. He's looking for communion with me. Not because he needs it, it's because I'm the one that needs it. I'm the one that needs it. And the beautiful thing of it, all, all of it is, is that sometimes we don't really have to speak. We can just stand in front of God and just open our hearts to Him. Kind of like when you know when you're with somebody that you really, really love, and you could just be in their presence. You don't really have to, to say words. You just enjoy the company. Um, regardless of you, if, whether or not you're doing something, whether or not you're saying something, just being in their presence alone, is worth a, a thousand words. And that's exactly what it's like being with, with God. And sometimes it's just best to stand in front of God and let my heart do the talking for me. If I'm in the presence of God, then it doesn't really matter if I have words to express what I want to say. Being in the presence of God is, um, is more powerful than any words that I could possibly put together. Being in His presence transforms prayer from just words that I say to be an actual union with Him. To an actual union with Him. And once I'm in, him, and once I'm in His presence, then I could just unload on Him. Right? Unload on Him. Uh, tell Him my troubles so He comforts me. Tell Him my struggles so He can help me. Tell Him my temptations so He can shield me from them. Tell Him my worries so He gives me peace. Tell Him my pains so He heals me. Tell Him my weaknesses so He gives me strength. Tell Him my sins so He forgives me. So all this points to a fact that prayer is not something that's dead. It's living. Right? It's living because it's an ongoing activity, an ongoing conversation. It's an ongoing relationship between me and God. But I know for me personally, that could be a struggle sometimes. Okay? It's a struggle not to just kind of say words and check off my prayer box at the end of the day. Or it's a struggle kind of praying day every day, right? day by day, because it feels kind of like, especially when I'm 
praying my personal prayers, it feels like I'm almost kind of repeating the same thing over and over again. So prayer ends up being a chore rather than something that I actually want to do. And eventually when that happens, the, the flame of prayer in me goes out. Okay, and my prayer doesn't feel alive anymore. It feels lifeless. It feels dead. But the good news is that there is hope. There is hope. Uh, one of the pe- best pieces of advice that I got at the monastery was for our prayer life to feel alive, it has to be connected to a living source. A living source. Something that keeps it going. Something that doesn't stop and doesn't make it feel like a chore. And I'll quick, quickly just mention four things. The first one, at a very, very basic level, to connect it to my day, right? There are almost no two days that are alike. <clears throat> Whether it's our feelings, the events that are happening around us, um, our experiences, it's all different every single day. As much as it feels the same sometimes, it's different. It's different. So something, something good happens in, on my day, in my day, we can thank God for it. Something that I'm tempted with, then I could say the Jesus prayer. My Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. We sinned, then we ask God for forgiveness. We interact with somebody, then we pray for them. We don't have to stand there and pray you know, with them, but we can at least in our minds and our hearts pray for them, lift them up in prayer. Something that's coming up that I'm worried about, then I just lift it up and pray, and so on. So every single day becomes dynamic. And all my prayer, and with it, my prayer becomes also dynamic. Like Pope Corliss said, there are no bad days or good days. There are days with prayer and days without prayer. Okay? So let's let every day be a day of prayer, be a day with prayer. And as your day changes, your also your prayer will also change with it. So that's the first first source. The second thing that we could do is attend the liturgy. Attend the liturgy. If there's a place where God is always calling for me, is always reaching out to me. It's in the liturgy. And it's on me to respond to that call. Just like there are no two days alike, there are also two, no two liturgies alike. As much as it sounds like we're saying the same prayers, we're not. They all hit us differently. The liturgy is, kind of, is an ongoing dialogue between me and God. Okay? And every time we're in this dialogue, we're in a different state. My emotions are different when I come to liturgy. My situation is different. My, what I meditate on during the liturgies is different. What God is trying to teach me in the readings is also different week to week and day to day. So the liturgy is very dynamic, despite what I often think sometimes. Okay. And the liturgy is not just coming and commemorating something that happened 2,000 years ago. Okay. But it's to make present the entire work of salvation in my life. And that work of salvation is always living. It's from eternity into eternity. Okay? The liturgy is a second Pentecost of sorts. We ask the Holy Spirit to descend upon us just as He descends upon the, the bread and the wine to transform us and to bring us into a union with God. And the Holy Spirit gives us life. right? And in turn, our prayers are also alive as well. So the liturgy plays a, plays a very important aspect in our prayer life. And it allows for our prayer to be alive. It brings us in the presence of God Himself because we have Christ Right there on the altar. And the third way is the Bible. I know it sounds kind of a little bit Sunday school, but it really is not. In Hebrews it says that the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, and discerns the thoughts and the hearts of man. So the more we read the Bible, the more our prayer life comes to life. The Bible becomes me praying to God using His own words. Using His own words. 
the Bible becomes a source of my prayer. And we do that by reading and meditating on, what, on the words that we're reading. Right? This allows for me to talk with God, to have an ongoing relationship with Him, where He's listening to me, and I'm listening to His words, and letting His words settle into my heart. So maybe I just read something about worrying, and, and that I should be trusting God. Right? Then I could use that prayer, then I could use that verse, for example, and lift it up to God and say, Lord, teach me how to trust you. I don't know how to trust you. I don't know how to trust you. But give me peace. Give me uh, the ability to be able to trust you. Strengthen my faith. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Okay? Um, if I'm reading something about loving my enemies, I could also lift that up in prayer. Lord, I don't know how to love my enemies. Teach me how to love my enemies. Right? So then it becomes this ongoing dialogue. It becomes this ongoing dialogue. So the Bible becomes a springboard to my prayer. St. Isaac the Syrian says, Meditation on the scriptures teaches the soul how to dialogue with God. Without them, we cannot approach God. So we need to meditate on what we're reading and use that as our source of prayer. So when we're reading, we should read to understand, we should read to implement, we should read to pray, and not just a matter of reading um, and checking off a box. Even if I read just one verse, sometimes one verse, I was talking with, with Bishop Perlis, he's saying sometime, one time he read one verse, and it was that verse, he meditated on that verse for like four weeks. Right? And, that be, and that became his source and his fuel for all his prayers during those four weeks, for God to reveal to him what he actually meant by that verse, and how to, for him to apply it personally as well. So a small amount with meaning and depth is better than me reading ten chapters and I walk away with nothing. Right? So don't let the amount of how much we read discourage us. But we should always strive to pray. And pray and read the Bible. And the last thing, so the first one is to connect our prayer to the day. Connect it to the liturgy. Connect it to the Bible. And also, the, last fourth, the, the fourth and the final step is, is the Psalms. Is the Psalms. As much as we all know about the Psalms, the Psalms are such a hidden treasure that's right in front of our eyes. In the Psalms, you can literally find everything. I think if we spend the rest of our life just praying the Psalms, I don't think I'll utter words, personal prayers, because the Psalms will contain everything. The Psalms will contain everything. The Psalms bring us peace. They purify our thoughts. They express every emotion that we could ever feel. If we feel happy, there are Psalms. If we feel thankful, there are Psalms for that. If we feel depressed, if we feel neglected, if we feel hopeless, if we feel stressed, if we feel like we're under attack from the devil, the Psalms have everything, everything. And that what I just named is just a handful, handful of things. St. Basil says that the Psalms are the work of the angels and the spiritual incense that we lift up to God every time we pray the Psalms. They are our safety. And that's why Pope Shenouda said, the saying is better in Arabic than it is in English, but right? preserve the Psalms, and the Psalms will preserve you. So let's let the Psalms be our best friend that we're always relying on, especially during our prayers. So these are the four ways that we can take our prayer life to a higher level. That's not to say that I don't pray my personal prayers or anything like that, but complement my personal prayers with one of these four methods. So I pray that God gives us a deeper life of prayer and that our hearts become the altar where we're always offering prayer to God and where we meet Him face to face. And glory be to God forever. Amen.